it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. better be ready because it's finally week one god damn it like sick of this offseason bullshit second that <laughs> well with that being said welcome back to the south end zone podcast here on the pigskin podcast network i'm your host jason bailey that's eric mulher that is timmy popovich boys it's finally here we're through with all the bullshit it's week one timmy what's happening man hallelujah man uh be watching some football tomorrow night uh got our lips a little bit wet last weekend which was nice but uh that was just a little hors d'oeuvre uh the main course is coming tomorrow friday and saturday man i'm I'm ready to go oh man yeah like 72 straight hours of just college football madness it's gonna be fantastic eric what's happening man you got your you got your spot in the recliner primed and ready for your ass to just sit in it for three days straight it, what's more than three we'll, we'll start off with that uh it, it's five but yeah i i am <laughs> uh, last weekend was a nice little appetizer uh maybe some some loaded baked potato skins i'll be moving on to uh you know the pizza or the wings or maybe even a soft pretzel we'll see what about cupcakes and bourbon man i mean you got any of that lined up what what the fuck it's all in play hey well nothing's off the table well just so you know speaking of soft pretzels cupcakes and bourbon you know who i got an email from today so we'll we'll cover that (laughs) we'll cover that here a little bit later but uh speaking of desserts speaking of frosting on the cake uh scott frost boys not great bob not a great start to the season you know i I really thought this year would be a little bit different for nebraska why they're <laughs> Eric almost had me talked into it. You know, it's like surely they can't lose that many close games in a row again. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. All right. What's the definition of insanity, Jason? Uh that would be repeating the same action over and over again and expecting a different outcome. All right. So then again, why did you think it would be different? <laughs> Like I say, the facts guy, man, he almost had me convinced. So, you know, Nebraska's fans, God, I've, oh, Jesus, I feel so bad for them. Like they, they traveled fucking thousands of miles. I mean, they had a great showing in Ireland, in Dublin, and they go over there and it's the same fucking bullshit, man. And not only that, they lost a close game to a team that's not any fucking good. Now, disclaimer, I think we all underestimated Northwestern's offense a little bit in this game. Like we, didn't think they'd be able to move it up and down the field, but Eric, I want to come to you first. Like, just initial reactions to this game. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what were your thoughts? Just broad overview. My initial thoughts were: if you sent me back in a time machine to 1997, and I had to go tell a Nebraska fan that, hey, 25 years from now, uh, your team is going to get steamrolled on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball against Northwestern in a game played in Ireland just to see reactions. I mean, it was, you know, I, I know the, the onside kick's going to get a lot of attention and it was, you know, not a great decision. It, it didn't cost them the game. What cost them the game was getting run over, you know, all game, basically the entire second half. They just, they got beat up up front. Oh yeah. yeah. Big, the onside kick is like the easy, easy button for everybody to say. That's why they lost the game. And that that's just not the case. No, it is. It's an easy, it's an easy target and it wasn't a great decision. I personally wouldn't have done it. I can kind of understand why he thought maybe, but yeah, you know, my initial thought was when I saw it was they must have seen something, some sort of tendency or 
something they could exploit like the first four times they kicked off. Oh, I mean, usually when you it doesn't get appear a, to have been the case. Yeah, usually when you get a surprise on side like that, it's either a very deliberate decision by the head coach, like, hey, we're gonna fucking do this because it's in the game plan. But you usually don't go through with it unless you get the look that you want. You know, like the kicker has to know that he checks out of it and kicks the ball deep if you know he doesn't get the look that he wants. So yeah, that one had the feel of just you're doing it regardless. Um, and you know, maybe that's not the case, maybe it is, but that's kind of how it came off. Well, I look at it like this. You, you you look at the decision to do it, and it's a little curious, like you guys say, but, I mean, if if it's me and I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, shit, like, I, I don't think I have any faith in my defense to get any stops here. We're up 11. Maybe we could steal one and go and go up 17 or whatever it may be and put this thing away now. Because bottom line, if the onside kick is successful, then nobody's talking shit and everybody's going, oh, how great of a coach, Scott Frost, great decision. I mean, so the fact that they missed it, I'm not mad that he did it. It's just like, man, was it really a – did you really need to do that? You're you're not going to put the game away with nine minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, not with that defense. Well, not only that, but I disagree with you that we'd be saying, oh, he's such a good coach, because even if they would have successfully converted that, I still think they lose the game. Yeah, I'm not convinced they win if they get it. I mean, they were, you know, Nebraska, zero sacks, two tackles for loss, one hurry on 30. How terrible was their tackling on defense? tackling was bad. They got no pressure on the quarterback. I, I don't know that they stop them, even if they do get the ball back there. That's true, but the biggest thing to me, like you guys said about the defense, the, the piss-poor tackling, like Northwestern, okay, not a great offense for starters, and not only were they successful in the running game to the tune of uh, Hull ran for a, a buck 19 and Porter ran for 94, both of them with a touchdown, but Halinski, Ryan fucking Halinski throws for 313 and two TDs. I mean, he looked fantastic. Carved him up like a Thanksgiving turkey, man. Can't I'm just like, like what 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 are you guys doing? Like, where's the D? De- uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's I mean, Nebraska's offense actually looked pretty good in the first half, and in the second half, it's like they made no adjustments. It's like they just they went and twiddled their thumbs at halftime while Northwestern made some adjustments and changed some things. And I don't know, man. There were some massive gaps up front for Northwestern to run through. Nebraska got bullied. I just, I simply don't get it. Yeah. And that's the part that for me, as a, if I'm a Nebraska fan, has me concerned because, you know, every team has, has lost a game they shouldn't have lost, right? Or lost a game to an inferior team. I, everyone's done it. Georgia's done it. Alabama's done it. Clemson's done it. Everyone does it. The, the fact that they lost to Northwestern, it shouldn't be the end of the world for them. What would alarm me if I was a Nebraska fan was how they lost and the manner in which they got beat. It's not, you know, oh, sloppy play, this mistake. They got out physicaled by a bunch of chemistry majors. <laughs> and it just, it doesn't bode well for a team that's got to go play Minnesota and Iowa and Oklahoma and Wisconsin. Like that's, that, I don't feel great about it. No, not great. All right. So closing thoughts on Nebraska and Northwestern after that beat down. Uh, what's, Timmy, what does Scott Frost have to do to save his job? Nothing. He's already been fired. They're just, they're waiting for the appropriate opportunity to do it, you know, combining fiscal responsibility and all that other stuff. Uh, I'm probably very certain that the athletic director has already made up his mind that as soon as all the stars align, he's shit canned. Well, that would be October 1st, speaking fiscally. That's when his buyout drops to seven and a half million. I'm with you. I think if, I mean, if he beats Oklahoma, then maybe that buys him enough time to see how he does on the back end of the season. But he, if he'll, the, he'll essentially be week to week at that point, I'll give you that. Yeah. And that, that's what I'm getting at. It's like you beat Oklahoma. Okay. Well, Oklahoma first year head coach. It's like, eh, we'll see how he does next week. And that may, you know, and if they were to beat Oklahoma, which is not out of the realm of possibility, I mean, that's <laughs> nearly beat them a year ago. So it's not like, I'm sitting here saying Oklahoma is going to mop the floor with them. I, I mean, if they beat them, maybe he does go on a little run. Maybe the team buys in and finally gets their shit together. I don't know. So not going to say it's over yet, but man, it's not looking good. And speaking of things being over, 
I mean, is it just me or is Auburn shit canning their athletic director one week before the season starts the most Auburn thing ever? Uh, it kind of is. So, I mean, his, his contract was up at the first of the year anyways, and by all indications, he was not coming back. So uh, now or later, it really doesn't, I, I don't know that it makes much difference to be honest. Yeah. My yeah. personal favorite was Tennessee's athletic director throwing shade at Auburn. Like, glad he got out of that shitty situation. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. what was that all about? I mean, the timing's obviously weird, but I mean, at the end of the day, it probably needed to happen. And like you said, I don't think he was going to come back on his own accord one way or the other. So it was just like, well, you know, let's just move on now and go start the search for the new guy. You know, I don't think that bodes very, very well for Brian Harson, but I think <laughs> no. regardless of who the athletic director yeah, is, he's, he's got on his own sport. So he's our, he's got his own challenges independent of whoever the athletic director is. Yeah. I mean, well, and bottom line for Brian Harson, he, it doesn't matter. All he, he's just got to win. That's all he has to do. Win. Win games, man. That's all you got to do. There's nothing fancy or whatever. Just go out and win ball games, period. And, and then hope that's enough. Because it's, it, yeah. it's, it's not automatically at a place like <laughs> Auburn. No. I mean, you, there's a lot of things that go into it. But as long as he's winning way more than he's losing, he should be fine. Even though, that yes, at Auburn, you're perpetually on the hot seat every year. Uh, now, before we do a couple of things here, we want to hit some notes. So, Eric, are there any injury notes that we need to touch on? Any specific injuries that we need to look at? Not a ton. Uh, certainly not any that I found that I think are really going to swing a game result one way or the other. Um, okay. De Texas has a couple of wide receivers that are either injured or suspended. Uh, guys that were going to be expected to contribute and an offensive lineman, which is actually kind of notable because he is lost for the year and they were already thin there. Uh, we've talked about Sam Hartman. We don't know when he'll be back. That's yeah. obviously a big factor in how Wake Forest does. And uh, Chris Rodriguez, I haven't seen anything, but I'm, I know a lot of people are looking maybe at the week two game against Florida, thinking him being on the field and him not being on the field, you know, that's, that's that's notable. So, well, jury's out on that. Yeah, I saw the video of Stoops today talking about uh, some of the suspensions, and it seemed like he really hadn't made up his mind or didn't really know even like what the suspensions were going to be. But he talked about we might have several guys who are suspended. So I, I don't know. Kentucky will be one to watch there with what's going on and who's missing because, like you said, they do have the week two trip to Florida, so that'll be interesting. But uh, the last. I guess notable stuff here that we could go over news wise or whatever would be some quarterback battles. So uh, Tim, do you have the quarterback battle updates here? Yeah, I think the two biggest ones of any significance are Texas A&M and Michigan. Starting with Texas A&M, Jimbo came out and said that Haynes King's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, and he beat out Max Johnson who transferred from LSU, obviously. But I think that was, very obvious to, to anybody who pays any attention to what's going on over there. I mean, Max Johnson didn't really do anything of any significance last year, and I couldn't really think of a good reason that he would come in and, and just light the world on fire at Texas A&M. And like I said, when I previewed Texas A&M, Haynes King got hurt last year, so he he was the incumbent all along. And, and I think you know Jimbo just kind of did this to boost Max Johnson's confidence a little bit, but I don't think he really stood a chance, but going over to, to Michigan, this one's the real interesting one because Harbaugh decided, you know, why not just drag out the quarterback battle into the regular season? Um, <laughs> and basically what he said was Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy are going to alternate starts the first two weeks. So one's going to start week one, the other one's going to start week two. And it's just like, should or get off the pot, Jim? If there's one position you don't want any uncertainty or ambiguity at, it's the quarterback position. And I just don't understand this one at all, man. Who, well, who I, do they got week two? I was about to say, to, to you know, make a point about this, I, I'm pretty sure that we could go to the community college in Kansas where Eric's kid is playing and get him to play quarterback for Michigan because their non-conference schedule is a fucking joke. They play a bunch of absolute trash teams i mean it's one of the worst non-conference schedules in the nation right what are you going to learn about either one of these guys that they can't show you against the the scout team in that, practice that, 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's I would, how he's treating it. That's what. That's why I yeah. asked because I think he's he's effectively treating his first two games like a lot of teams might treat their inner squad scrimmage, where they maybe make those final determinations, like Jimbo did or Brian Kelly did. And I don't remember offhand who their week two opponent is, but they're. I mean, they're going to be favored by probably four touchdowns again. So it's somewhat harmless, but it is weird. Yeah, it's like Hawaii or somebody like that. I, I can't remember if it's week two or week three. They play Hawaii. But reg- like, like you said, regardless, it's somebody terrible. And I would argue that Michigan's number twos are probably better than the team that they're going to be playing. Now, a couple of uh, notable SEC notes for quarterbacks. Ole Miss has still not made a decision. To my knowledge, Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer are still battling. That's as of today. We all expect Dart to get the nod, but you know, no decision as of yet. And then LSU, we still don't know. We assume Jaden Daniels, but we we still don't know. Either him or the Nussmeyer kid. Not sure. I guess we'll find out Sunday night when they stroll out onto the field. We'll figure it out. So that'll be, you know, there's some notable teams who still have not made decisions at the quarterback position. So. Or at least announcements. Uh, yeah, at least announcements. So uh, now this next segment, normally, I mean, we're going to kind of start this next week, but Timmy, we're going to award our uh, TP's butthurt cream to the fan base who deserves it the most. And I, I think there's only one fan base that would even remotely be considered this week, which would be Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, all you Nebraska fans, you know, those of you who are super butthurt, feel free to go pick up some TP's butthurt cream and use the promo code Huskers or also Frost works. So, but uh, all right. So let's get into the week zero picks recap. All right. So Timmy took Vandy minus seven and a half. Nice cover. Vandy. All day long. All day, man. Vandy. How about Vandy putting up the most points on an FBS opponent since 1941, dude? 63 points. Took him to the woodshed. I mean, the 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 start of the Timmy Chang era was not a pleasant one. I mean, they went up seven nothing, and it was yeah, all yeah, the start of the start was fine because I think they scored <laughs> yeah. first, right? Yeah, they did. It was seven nothing. And you, I was you thinking thought Timmy Chang was on the other sideline with a Vanderbilt hat on the way Vandy was slinging the ball around, man. I mean, that was, oh, man, it was up straight up, beat down. So, I don't know. That uh, that over two and a half is looking awful juicy for all three of us on the over there for Vandy. So, two more wins, Elon and Northern Illinois. Hopefully, we get there. And then, uh, Eric, yep, you had uh, you had Bielma at uh, minus 10 against, uh, who the hell did they play? Wyoming. Oh, yeah, Wyoming. Okay, so, yeah, we, uh, we've we talked about that. We both like that. Uh, Wyoming obviously took a big step back. Kind of a slow start for Bielma, but they put it together in the second half, pulled away. Easy money on that one. And, Timmy, who was your other one? You had Vandy, and you had – oh, you faded Scott Frost. Yeah, That's right. kidding yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, faded him, took Northwestern at plus 13 and a half. Easy cover there and the win. Man crazy if you, I, I just i wouldn't have bet on northwestern i'll be honest like that was one that scared me away i was like i'm not gonna touch that i can't i can't that was it. the one that i had the most faith in <laughs> <laughs> oh geez scott God. frost the and then uh, so and then the last bet we had was mine the only l of the week which i would like <sighs> to, i would like to throw a disclaimer out there and say I bet the shit out of this at 14 and a half. Okay. When it was 14 and a half. However, that being said, it was still comfortable at me or to me at nine, which is what we betted on the podcast. And with two minutes to go in the game, North or New Mexico state intercepts the ball. Okay. They're down eight points. It's a cover. The refs call it incomplete. They don't even review it. And they run and uh, Nevada runs up to the line real quick, runs a play. Coach calls a timeout, but it's not in time. So that drive ended in a field goal for Nevada. They go up by 11, blow the cover. Now, New Mexico State did drive back down the field, but they threw a pick in the end zone. So, But ultimately, it should have been a cover. Even at nine, the refs blew it. So I don't feel too terrible about that one, but you know, I think it was a good bet, but we just had some bad luck there. So uh, before we move forward and get to the actual meat of this podcast, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. Yeah. 
The wait is almost over and a new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And if you want some more action for opening night, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. All you have to do is get up seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details. Welcome back into the South End Zone here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. All right, boys. So we we touched on week zero a little bit. Uh, overall, did pretty well in our bets, except for me toting one fucking hell because of the referees. A few referees in that game. But uh, outside of that, Scott Frost, oh, geez. He's got a couple of layups here, so let's hope they can recover. But uh, let's look at the slate. So... This is a pretty fucking loaded slate. I mean, it's like Eric said, it starts tomorrow and it goes all the way to Monday night. So the slate tomorrow. Okay, you've got uh, at least the notable games that we've got tomorrow. Penn State on the road at Purdue. I'm, I would be willing to bet that one of us will have a pick on that game. I don't know. Could be. And then, I mean, that's really the only notable matchup outside of the backyard brawl, which is also tomorrow at 6 p.m. That's in Pittsburgh on ESPN. That is going to be primo television. I don't know about you. I mean, Timmy, what do you, what do you, I mean, are you going to be fucking locked in on that or are you going to be? Busy? Oh yeah. No, no. I'm definitely going to be sitting down, uh, watching the pregame for it, watching the whole game. You know, I'm, I'll probably flip on Penn state and Purdue, you know, when the opportunity presents itself just to check in. But I plan to watch all four quarters every minute of that game, unless it gets like completely out of hand. Yeah, I agree. I'll, uh, I'll definitely be looking in on that one. Of course, I don't know how long it's going to be that close if I'm being honest, but we'll see. Uh, you, you going to put some skin on that one or what? Maybe you wait and see, but, okay. uh, but, uh, uh, now Eric for Friday night delight, since you're not having to go watch high school football anymore. I, I still may. Uh, yeah. T- to answer your question before you ask it, uh, my viewing choice for Friday will depend on the weather here uh, because the high school team is playing at home. I've not been able to go watch them, uh, the first two games of this season. So it's been rainy, stormy lightning, uh, the last couple of days. If that continues tomorrow, then I will be watching Illinois and Indiana at eight, which Ooh. is better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Mm, lovely. Well, uh, also Friday night, Timmy, your boys open on the road at old dominion at 7 yeah, PM man. Eastern time. What are we looking like for that? Is that like a seven and a half, eight point spread, something like that? Should I be uh, willing to put some skin on that? I think the line is uh, Virginia tech by seven and a half right now. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't bet it. But it's Old Dominion, man. I don't think that they're going to keep it close. I mean, Virginia Tech should win that game by multiple scores. You know, I'm not trying to be a homer or anything, but that's just the way I see it. Well, I don't know. That'll be interesting. And then the only other notable game, little late night delight, 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff, TCU at Colorado. I mean, that's a big spread for that game. It's like 13 and a half or something. I think that's kind of interesting given that TCU hasn't even named their quarterback yet. And I know Colorado's not any good, but <laughs> they, they weren't much worse than TCU last year. TCU was terrible. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see whether it's Max Duggan or whoever coming out there. That'll be, that'll be a little good late night delight there. And then Saturday, man, 
no need to even get into it. It's a fucking loaded slate. There's so many good games. It's, I mean, Georgia, Oregon, we're going to be locked in from minute one all the way to the end of the day. It's, you know, Utah, Florida, you got Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oh, man. Speaking of Ohio State, Notre Dame, whew, I'm going to wait and see whether one of us has a pick on that game before I, uh, I reveal our email that we have here. But, <laughs> but uh, since we are to that point, let's get it going. Let's lay some some, money. We got Sunday and Monday, man. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, you only got two games, Sunday, Monday there. So Sunday, you got Florida State on the road in the Superdome against LSU. So supposedly a neutral site game, kind of a home game, if you ask me. (laughs) Not that neutral. uh, Yeah, no, no, not very neutral. And then Sunday or Monday night, uh, Labor Day matchup, you've got Clemson in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta against Georgia Tech. I think it's Clemson minus 21 and a half right now. So uh, That's a fucking slaughter fest waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I would have to agree there. But, uh, yeah. Well, well, oh, yeah. We got to see what uh, what's happening with DJU, man, for sure. So, <sighs> all right. So, let's get it going, boys. Let's fucking start and lay some money down on some shit. Timmy, you sucked the worst last year. You were the biggest loser. So you have the first chance to lay some money down. What are you taking? Well, I'm here to kick both your asses this year, and I'm off to a hot 2-0 start in in our preseason. So now that these are counting for real, I'm coming for blood. I don't know. You might have shot shot your load there in the first week zero. Nope. We're just getting started around here. Didn't you go like 4-1 or 3-1 or 4-0 in week one last year? Uh, something like that yeah and, and then yeah. finish dfl at the end of the season yeah but it still wasn't that bad okay you guys didn't no i just wanted that much <laughs> but the first pick in this year's pick em draft is the backyard brawl oh man and you already go. you already know who i'm taking Let's I'm taking go. West Virginia with the points at plus seven and a half. <laughs> they, they could very well win this game outright. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, Pitt's, you know, still good. They're reigning ACC champions. They're playing at home. I'll tell you what. There's probably going to be 40% of that stadium. That's West Virginia fans. Pitt is absolutely atrocious at selling out what used to be Heinz field with their own fans. Like they get big time, you know, opponents in there. It's always a 50, 50 split. So look to scout, man. This game's going to be real interesting. <sighs> Eric rebuttal. I don't have an opinion on that game. Actually. I, th- that was one I was like, I, I couldn't make up my mind. I'm kind of flip flopped and I was, I'll just leave it alone. I, I I'm, I'm not thoroughly impressed with either team, to be honest. If I had to choose one, I think I would take Pitt to win, but I don't know that I don't know how I'd feel about covering a touchdown. Yeah. I the stuff that I plugged in, I've got Pitt by like nine points. Uh, you know, right right short of double digits is where I'm sort of pegging this game. I, I just don't think West Virginia could play with them, man. Uh, I mean, just at the lines of scrimmage, I know Pitt's replacing a lot and all of that kind of stuff, but I mean the I just don't think West Virginia can play with them. I don't I think it's just being overhyped, honestly, because it's the backyard brawl. But if these two teams were not rivals, I feel like the line would be a lot bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I, d- I don't. <laughs> well, that's because you're a well-noted Pat Narduzzi hater, just like Eric. And uh I don't know. That'll be and these these are the games that he chokes off. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. For to see the results of that game, yeah, that will be interesting. Whew, man, I almost just want to take Pittsburgh just to do it. Oh, God, I I can't do it. So for my first pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain on what Timmy thinks here. He's a big Brian Kelly hater, and I'm gonna go against what Timmy thinks about Brian Kelly, and I'm gonna take LSU. LSU minus three and a half. Yeah. So I like LSU in this game because I, I I just don't think Florida State's line of scrimmage is going to be able to hang with LSU, especially up front on offense with those injuries they had. You know, I mean, they're sort of really thin at offensive line for FSU. And I just also don't know that Florida State can really stop their receivers. I, I think LSU is just going to have better athletes out wide. I don't think it really even matters who's playing quarterback for LSU as long as they don't throw it just completely to the other team. 
I like LSU to get a win there in the Superdome. So give me the Tigers minus three and a half. Eric, round one, round us off. Uh, I'm I'm actually double checking to make sure the line hasn't moved. I'm giving you the right number, but yeah, I'm gonna yeah, give me Louisville minus four and a half over Syracuse. Oh man, I was looking at that. Why, I mean, why is that line so small? Am I crazy to think that Louisville will just run up the score on them? Well, I don't think you're crazy, which is why I I, I don't know. I w- I would expect a bigger number two because Syracuse I think will be bad. Yeah, they're real bad. Yeah, I just and I don't that, know. I don't know who on Syracuse exactly is going to have any sort of part of containing Malik Cunningham. That's a curious one to me. I agree. I mean, if I, if I was going to lay the line on that game, I would have it at like nine and a half. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be comfortable taking them probably up to like eight and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. So. It's pretty crazy. Well, all right, good pick there. So, uh, round one, Timmy's on West Virginia minus seven and a half. I am on LSU minus three and a half. Eric is on Louisville minus four. Is that correct? Four and a half. Four and a half. Not nearly enough. Oh, man. Backyard brawl. God, I want to take the. All right, Timmy, round two. (laughs) What are you you on? What else do you want? So in the uh, week zero slate, uh, I took one of my favorite fades, which is Scott Frost. And this pick, I'm going to take one of my other favorite fades, which is Rutgers. And I'm going to take Boston College to uh, cover seven against Rutgers because they suck. <laughs> I, I don't hate that. It's, uh, I mean, Rutgers is pretty good against the spread in their, I believe it's their road openers. I think they're pretty good, like six and two or something like that. But. Jacoby's going to embarrass them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, speaking of Jacoby, did you guys see the comments that he made about Brian Kelly about how he lied to his parents? I mean, what the fuck is that? Like, what's he doing throwing shade at Brian Kelly? Like, what was the point of that? I mean, I think just from his own perspective, you know, he didn't like the way that Brian Kelly, you know, handled the situation with how he was told it was going to be versus what actually happened. I mean, it's a little bit of prima donna ish, um, but I can understand why he feels that way. But you know, did he need to come out and publicly say it? I don't know. Yeah, seems a little much to me. Like, dude, are you butter because you're playing for Boston College now instead of a top five team? I don't know. <laughs> Just I didn't really understand what the point of that was bringing that up. But uh, all right, so uh, pick number two for me. Speaking of fading, I am gonna fade the Cincinnati Bearcats. Because I just don't have a whole lot of faith that Cincinnati, who was a playoff team last year, they proved me wrong. And you know, I said they would never make the playoffs and all of that and blah, blah, blah. Well, they had what, Eric? Correct me if I'm wrong. They had, what, nine guys drafted off of that team? Is that I think correct? They had, yeah, I think they had eight guys get drafted, seven or eight. eight. Yeah. But, I mean, they so, lost, yeah, they lost their best pass rusher, Sanders. Uh, they lost two All American corners. They lost their quarterback. I believe they're starting running back. Uh, I don't. I mean, I I saw that game. And I was like, you know, I feel like I should take Arkansas in that, but I don't know how good or bad Cincinnati's going to be. They're still getting a lot of respect in the preseason polls. If you put any stock in those, which I ordinarily don't, but yeah, Cincinnati's one of those teams. I think I'm probably going to leave alone for a couple of weeks until I get a little better handle on what they've got on the field. Well, I just don't have much faith in them to be able to stop the run. Pretty much all of Arkansas's running game is back, including KJ Jefferson, you know, freaking 260 pound monster that can run the ball. And looking back to last year, that's kind of what Alabama did to them in the playoffs. They just ran it right down their fucking throat and they couldn't stop it. And I don't expect Cincinnati to be as good this year as they were last year, even up front. So I like Arky here, man, at home, home opener, Arkansas minus six and a half, book it. So, Eric, round us off for round two. What do you got? What's your second bet? Uh, my second bet is that Clemson and Georgia Tech will not combine to score 49 points or more, taking under 49 on the Monday night matchup. Clemson's offense, I have to see it before I, I have faith. And I have a lot of faith in their defense, and I have really no faith at all um, either side of the ball for, for, Georgia, for Georgia Tech. And it's actually 50 and a half somehow. So under 50 and a half, Georgia Tech and Clemson. All right, Georgia Tech, Clemson, under 50 and a half. You know, I don't, 
I don't hate that. Honestly, I <laughs> I would be shocked if Georgia Tech scored a point. I really would. Like they're they're going to be bad. It's right. Just, well, it, if you're if you're expecting Clemson to win by you know three touchdowns, uh, how many points do you think they're going to give up to Georgia Tech? Not many. Yeah. I uh, just fifty and a half for a great defense versus a bad offense and a bad defense against an offense that might be good, might not. Wasn't very good last year. Uh, worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. Probably not wrong. All right. So, Timmy, recap me. What was your round two bet? I didn't type it in here. What was uh, it? I took Boston College minus seven. But, yeah, I, I definitely don't hate that, Eric. I, th- I think that's a good bet, uh, you know. <laughs> but would shock me if Clemson put up 50 points because Georgia Tech is so fucking terrible, and I could see a situation where, like, if they <laughs> fuck around and throw it to Clemson a couple of times late in the game, you know, and it's just a couple of pick sixes or something like that, it could get out of hand real quick. But, uh I like it. All right. Round three, Timmy. Give me your best bet. What do you got? So I think we all kind of uh, agreed that Utah is a potential dark horse playoff team this year. Um, And they're going against the Florida Gators uh, week one. And I like Utah, a minus three against Florida. Uh, I think that... um, Florida, you know, the name and the brand... Uh, is one thing, but the play on the field the last couple of years, I don't think they hang with Utah, and I think Utah cruises in this game. Oh, man, cruises in the swamp. You're that confident they go into the swamp, new yep. coach, all that. You think Anthony, Anthony Richardson just doesn't get it done? Don't think I, they can hang with him? I don't. Whew, man, that's bold. Eric, what's your take on that, or do you have a pick on that game and we need to wait? I, I don't have a pick on that game at all. Okay. I'm not touching that game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I agree. I, I'm just not bold enough to bet it. Like I, I don't have the, the sack to bet that one. If I was gonna make a bet on that game, honestly, I would probably bet the under fifty and a half. If I was gonna bet it, that's just me. But because I, I, it's kind of the same thing as Eric's bet on you know Georgia Tech. I don't have a ton of faith in Florida's offense, but I think their defense is probably good enough to slow down Utah some. So. I would bet the under 50 and a half, but as far as the spread goes, I mean, Utah opened as a point and a half dog and it's up to minus three now. So, all right. So for my round three pick, I'm going to take the defending national champs here at minus 17. I don't think Oregon can go in there and hang with them. I just don't. Utah beat the shit out of them last year twice. I know all the defensive talent and all that, but I mean, but the last time Bo Nix went to Georgia, he got slaughtered. I mean, it was like a 24-point loss or something when they when he was playing for Auburn. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know that the team he's carrying down there this year is any more, much more talented than that team was. So, And technically, he's on the road, so we're going to see Road Bo Nix. Yeah, and Road Bo Nix is not good. It's like a 14-16 to 16 touchdown interception ratio, and yikes. I just, I think at the lines of scrimmage, they will get dominated, like physically. I think Georgia will just pretty much do whatever they want on offense. And I think defensively, I, I don't know what Oregon's offense is going to look like. I could see it being close for a quarter, quarter and a half, something like that. But man, if Bo Nix gets hit a couple of times, Georgia starts getting in their backfield. I honestly think this game could get ugly. Like I could see a, you know, 35 to 10 kind of thing or a 40 to, you know, 13, something along those lines. Like I think it's going to be a beatdown. I mean, do either one of you disagree with that? I think it has potential to get out of hand, but I don't know how out of hand. I, I don't like huge point spreads in weeks, you know, zero, one, two. I just, it doesn't seem like a lot of teams are really kind of as tuned up as you want to see them offensively. So, yeah, I mean, this game specifically, I stayed away from it because, like Eric said, 17 points. I don't know, man. I mean, it's, I haven't seen either one of these teams put anything on the field yet. And, it's just something that I, I I don't want to I don't want to you know put any skin on a spread that big in in a game against two of the you know better teams in the country. Whew. Yeah, you guys uh, don't have as much faith in the defending national champs as I do. I guess I just I think they'll blow them out. I could be wrong. I mean, it, there was like what fourteen or fifteen upset like just out, outright upsets in week zero and one last year. But I, I think it, we would be crazy to for any of us to bet that. But uh, All right, so give me Georgia minus 17. All right, uh, Eric, round us off for round three before we get into the upset picks here. 
Okay, I thought Timmy might take this because this is another team he faded, and he faded this team as hard as you could fade any team when we did previews, and that is Arizona. So uh, give me San Diego State minus six and a half against Arizona. Uh, San Diego State, they're like seven and two or something against the Pac-12 in the last six, seven years. I mean, this is easy money. I don't. <laughs> I, I saw that. I had actually. I, I checked that like twice a day for all weekend thinking, when is this line going to move? When is it going to move? Like, is it really seriously going to stay at six and a half? Yeah, I can't, I cannot pass that up. I, Arizona is not a good football team. They're just not a good football team and they're not going to keep it within a touchdown against San Diego state. Interesting tidbit here for you, Eric. Do you know who the quarterback at San Diego state is this year? God dang, I think I did. And now, no, I don't. So in the true Virginia Tech Hokies fashion, he's another transfer. Uh, remember Braxton Burmeister Burmeister? from last year? Yeah. I did not uh, know that. The, you want to retract your pick yeah, now? Now I'm having second thoughts. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I, I think that's a good situation for no, him. No, I, I think Arizona is just that bad that I could quarterback San Diego State to a 7.1. I'll put a prop bet on you on this game that Burmeister runs for over 125 yards against them. Book it. That kid's got some wheels. 125? 125. That's a lot. I'll lay, I'll lay eight to five that that does not happen. Let's go. All right. That's a I'll side lay, bet. All right. I'll lay eight to your five. So come up with a number. So figure it out how much you want to lose on that one. But uh, okay. So that covers all the spreads that we are going to bet. So for our listeners, we this is pretty much how we do it. We'll do three rounds. Uh, three bets we really like, and then we'll pick some outright upsets here at the end, and then we'll tally up all the points. Spreads are worth one. Uh, spreads or totals are worth one point, and our upsets are worth two. So Eric was last year's champ, me in second, and Timmy in third. So, uh, Timmy, start us off with the upsets. Who's your outright upset this week? Who you taking? Uh, we all love when we have differing opinions on the same game. Um, oh, yes. So this week... LSU is losing to Florida State. No, you're State. not. Yes, no, I am. No, you're not taking I Florida am. State. I am. I'll tell you what, man. Florida State last week in week zero, they played Duquesne, who's a, who's a very small FCS school out of Pittsburgh. But them boys just ran all over the field on them. They ran for like 400 yards. They had three different kids rush for over 100 yards against that team. And I really did not see that out of Florida State going into the beginning of the year. But I'll tell you what, if Florida State can get that level of production out of those three guys, LSU is going to have their hands full trying to contain three fresh running backs that can run it all over the field like that. Man, I can't believe you. You're trying to pull the same maneuver you pulled last year. Uh, I was going to say, I I don't. I'm not saying a word about this because a year ago when he picked LSU to lose in his upset picks and we shit all over him. Yeah, we did. God, I felt like an idiot. Not only that, but we all know that Eric has a Mike Norvell t-shirt on under his little zip up there. So, Oh, yeah. Well, that's bold. That's a bold pick, man. FSU over LSU in the Superdome, man. I, I think you're on a loser there. I just, if I'm being honest, of course, I'm probably hey, we'll on a, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably on a loser here too. So for my upset pick, give me Boise State. I'm gonna go with Boise State going on the road to get a win over Oregon State. I think Oregon State is probably the better team this year overall, but with the questions at quarterback early. I think maybe it takes them a week or two to get some shit figured out and get the right rotations in there and stuff like that. And Boise State on the road since 2015 as a away underdog, 6-0 and against the spread. So I like Boise State there. I think Boise State goes up there and steals one, gets a win. So give me Boise State on the road at Oregon State to pull the upset. Eric, who is your upset pick? So I identified three that you know, I, I would be I'm comfortable-ish at least taking any of the three, depending on what was left. Somehow, my first choice is actually still on the board, although you guys took my other two. Uh, Boise would have been my backup, and if all else failed, I would have taken Florida State. But my first pick was Illinois uh, over Indiana. They are a, oh. a two-point underdog 
And I, this is one of those to me, like if you think the wrong team is favored, don't mess around with betting the spread. Just go straight to the money line and pick them to win. I think Indiana is going to be bad. And I think Illinois is potentially a bowl team. I think they're going to make a bowl game. So uh, give me, give me Bielema. I'm on the bus again. Oh boys, back on the Bielma bus. Let's go. I love that. I'm not even typing Illinois. I'm just going to type Bielma. Okay. So now we're going to do a, we're going to do a little segment called fortune favors the degenerate. Now we're going to go and identify some other bets we like. Uh, these are not for points, obviously with regard to our podcast picks and uh, that kind of stuff, but uh, we're going to hit some other notable lines here. And uh, one that I'm going to throw in Timmy's direction because he's uh, an ACC guy. And I really, man, I'll be honest. I would like a couple of different plays here, but, Timmy, give me your thoughts on North Carolina going on the road to Appalachian State. Appy State currently minus one and a half. They opened at plus three and a half, but after that shit show uh, that North Carolina put up against FAMU with 26 players out, uh, it's moved all the way now to where Appy State is minus one. So So, what what do you think about that? My thoughts on this game are this was going to be my upset pick until the line moved in Appalachian (laughs) State's favor. Um, I mean, they looked absolutely terrible in the first half uh, against a team that was playing only, what, 22 kids? I mean, they had, like, the water boys out there rotating (laughs) on the defensive line and shit. Um, It wasn't until those kids ran completely out of gas that North Carolina began to pull away in the second half. But they, they were only up by, what, like, 14 points in this, you know, at the end of the second quarter, it was a 10 point game late in the third. Yeah. Yeah. It, it did not bode well for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. Once again, high talent, low production. And I could very well see a scenario where Appalachian state wins outright in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, Eric, I, I said Eric a month ago. That, yeah. He called that one preseason. Yeah, we did ACC previews, and I, I said watch out for that game because I think Appalachian State might be the better team this year. They're going to be good. Appalachian State's going to win 10-plus. Now, that being said, I don't know what to think about the game. It is on the road. North Carolina's defense does suck, yes. But how good is App State's defense? I mean, because North Carolina can fucking score. I mean, do we really think that, like, North Carolina won't score 30 points against them? I mean, I do. Great? You don't think so? No. Oh, man. Their quarterback well, situation didn't impress me very much last week. I'll tell you that right now. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, Drake May, he's not great, but I don't think he's that big of a step back from what they had. I mean, I don't know. That just that's a weird one. I didn't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. If I was gonna bet something on that game, I would one thousand percent bet the over. I mean, I just I think at fifty six I think that both teams can score. I mean, shit, North Carolina can't stop anybody. They might give up 45. So, I mean, if they can if they can score 11 points, then eh, I don't know. But uh, all right. So next line I'm going to throw at Eric. If you're a true degenerate better and you are somebody that goes by the name of that damn guy in your emails, uh, you would send me an email that goes something like this. South End Zone Pod guys, did you ever feel like something special was upon you, but no one else seemed to realize it? This guy's fucking poetic, man. I'm going to tell you what. That's the way I feel about Saturday. When the Fighting Irish stroll into Columbus, only the green and gold faithful know what's about to happen. Ohio State is about to get their world flipped upside down. How long is this love affair with Ohio State going to go on before someone steps back and says, but what have they done lately? Eric already has their name engraved into the college football national title trophy. Feinbaum, (laughs) who I thought had his hand on the pulse of college football, said we have no business being ranked number five and we don't have a prayer. Vegas also isn't giving us a chance at plus 17. Jason and Timmy echoed these sentiments. This Ohio State love affair is tired and I can't wait to see my guys set the record straight. Get your soft pretzels ready. And I'll be ready for all your apologies next week. Notre Dame 34, Ohio State 24. Oh. Want, some, want some free money? Bet the green and gold this week. Go Irish. I'll tell you what, man. Next <laughs> week's 
TP's butthurt cream promo code is going to be TDG for that damn guy. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? You kidding me? Good God. And that's real rich saying that Ohio State, what have you done for me lately coming from Notre Dame? <laughs> what is that about? I just, I, that's exactly what I thought when I read it. I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck has Notre Dame done lately? Oh, geez. Eric, you going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole? Uh, just- no, you guys took all the words right out of my mouth. I, <laughs> pr- predicting a 10-point Notre Dame win in the horseshoe is is bold. I will give him that much. He he is not afraid <laughs> to back his horse. I mean, uh, what 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 do we really think about that game? Like, can we break that down for a minute? Like, I mean, honestly, what do we honestly think about that game? Like, just look at it. Do you honestly think Notre or Notre Dame just gets their doors blown off by four touchdowns or some shit? I, I think that if Notre Dame covers seventeen points, I'm not going to be outright shocked and aghast. But it's it's highly probable that Ohio State blows their doors off. That's just me. I I just I don't have the faith in Tyler Buckner to keep up with Ohio State. I I don't see that. I think it's going to look a lot like the Ohio State Minnesota game looked at the beginning of last year, where Minnesota just kind of hung around, hung around, hung around, hung around, and then Ohio State pulled away. Yeah, I think it bounced between you know seven and fourteen for about two and a half, almost three quarters, and then Ohio State just kind of outclassed them down the stretch. Because Minnesota, I think, is a similar team style wise to Notre Dame, where they're going to focus on on moving the ball on the ground and playing good defense and special teams. And I, I my guess is. Notre Dame hangs around for two and a half, three quarters, and then Ohio State pulls away. I think it's probably a 14-point game. So I think if I had to bet it one way or the other, I, I might. I think I would take Notre Dame to cover 17. Yeah. See, that, that's me too. Because I, you look at the – I mean, look, look at last year. Ohio State played – I mean, can we say they played two good teams last year? Because I don't really consider Michigan State as a great team. They kind of took advantage of some other teams that were down and, you know, came back and beat Michigan in a game that Michigan choked off, but Michigan was really good. And I think at the time before everybody got hurt, I think Oregon was really good. And both of those teams manhandled Ohio state up front. And that is one thing I think the Notre Dame has going for them because they do have some fucking animals up front. I mean, they they've acquitted themselves pretty well recently like when they did make the playoffs like they made the playoffs what two years ago and they played alabama in 2020 we didn't beat the shit out of them like it was like a 30 to 14 victory you know i mean it wasn't some just blowout and i mean they had some success up front against us for a big part of that game until they put we pulled away at the end so i don't see this as notre dame goes in there and gets their doors blown off i think they'll be jacked up amped up ready to play and i think most people are probably like Timmy where they're like, ah, you know, they're not going to be able to score with Ohio state. Well, Notre Dame's defense, I think we could all agree is going to be pretty fucking good this year. I mean, could we agree on that? Yeah, I expect them to be good. I think if Notre Dame can go in there and run the ball effectively, they're going to make Ohio state prove that they can stop the run this year because they couldn't last season. And if they can go out and move the ball on the ground and play good defense, like we expect them to Notre Dame's going to have a chance to hang in this one for a while. Yeah. See, I, I, I would be more like, I would be more apt to go like, you know, just straight up degenerate mode and bet the prop bets on this and bet the first quarter lines and things like that. I just, I don't know enough about Notre Dame's offense that I would be comfortable just betting the plus 17. I set this line at like 14 before the season, 14 and a half. I think 17 is a little excessive. I don't think I would bet that for Ohio State. I just don't. I think I'm with you, Eric. If I was forced, I would bet Notre Dame plus the 17. But there again, wouldn't shock me if Ohio State beats somebody, you know, that bad. Ultimately, it comes back to the quarterback play like Timmy talked about. If Buckner goes in there and just screws around, throws a couple of interceptions, it could get ugly. It it absolutely could. But, you know, they take care of the football and they can actually run the ball a little bit against Ohio State's run defense, which isn't very good. And I don't know how much of a, like, I mean, Eric, do you think that Jim Knowles just makes a stark difference in their run defense in week one? I mean, it depends on how you define stark, but their issue last year, because I specifically remember talking about this in the group chat last year after the Oregon game. And it wasn't like, hey, Ohio State has no talent on defense. It's just, you know, their run fits 
is for, you know, their front seven, they, they look like they didn't even practice together. Like guys going every which way and misaligned, you know, Oregon figured out, Hey, if we, if we identify there in man and we send a tight end in motion, right, we are going to have huge gaps. And they, they took advantage of it for two full quarters after they figured it out before Ohio state did anything. So I, I think just from a schematic, you know, Hey, what is your job? And what do you do on this play standpoint? I think they'll be better. They don't have to be great against the run. They just need to be average. They just need to be an average defense, and they'll score plenty of points and and just smoke everyone. Yeah, they're gonna, I, you know, they have to they have to earn that right, right? They gotta they gotta prove that they're better than awful, which is what they were last year. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't touch it. I like I said, I'd be more apt to hit the prop bets, things like that. <laughs> now, Timmy. <laughs> Timmy, I have an interesting one for you here. Do you remember the last time that Oklahoma State played Central Michigan? Does that come to mind? I don't, actually. Okay, well, let me refresh you. This is the game that on the last play of the game, Central Michigan threw a deep bomb and scored a touchdown to win, and it was a couple of days later pointed out by the referees that that untimed down should not have even happened. And Oklahoma State should have won the game. That was what three years ago, Eric? Was that twenty eighteen? Is that right? Yeah, I think I think it was four. But yeah, four. Okay, so yeah, so Gundy is at home minus twenty two against the Jim McElwain, former Alabama OC, Florida head coach, uh, coached Central Michigan Chippewas. So is Gundy even remotely? I mean, you guys both picked them to fucking win the Big Twelve. So are they going to come out and like? be super butthurt about the fact that Central Michigan beat them on a last-second touchdown and just smoke them, or are they going to come out sluggish? They're going to boat race them. Boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think if I had to pick one college coach to harbor a grudge against a team for four years, and, and like Gundy is absolutely on my list. Deep down inside, he knows, like, hey, Central Michigan didn't wrong me. It was the officials. They were just kind of there. But he, yeah. he also, he doesn't care. He's going to if he gets a chance to make a statement, he's going to make a statement. Mm, yeah, I would have to agree with that. All right, now, Timmy, I'm going to hit you again. This is right in your wheelhouse, and I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, NC State, a lot of hype coming into the year. Top 15, chance they could be in the ACC title game this year. A lot of dudes coming back, great defense. They're on the road at ECU. Now, according to Timmy, them boys could play a little bit of ball. So, Give me a rundown on NC State minus eleven and a half on the road against East Carolina. I think that's a little bit steep. Uh, ECU can play a little bit of ball, but unfortunately, NC State can play a lot of bit of ball, <laughs> and I think eleven and a half uh, is a good line for the game. But I think NC State's going to cruise pretty easily in this game. I don't think ECU makes it very interesting, quite honestly. Ooh. I was hoping for maybe some uh, little bit of upset possibility there. No, but, uh, I'll, I'll be fading NC State later in the season once they get into okay. some conference All right. play. All right, okay. I was just I was checking there because I know you're not as high on them as uh, we are now. I know you did take the over on them, but I, I know you're you're kind of uh, a little bit uh, like eh, not you know not ready to crown them, if you will. Definitely not. All right, now Eric, sort of in your backyard. Couple of these last ones, uh, BYU. Going on the road to South Florida, BYU minus 12. Both the Utah teams playing down in Florida in the humidity, man. I mean, what's is BYU going to go down there and just fucking boat race South Florida? Because I, I swear to God, this is not a joke. I saw multiple tweets on Twitter of people talking about USF has the talent to beat BYU. <laughs> I did, I, yes. Mm. Can I can I throw some cold water on on? Please. That? They do not. They, they do not. They they. USF has some, they have some talented guys because they're, they're in Tampa and it's easy for them to get talented guys, but they are not a good football team. BYU, I expect BYU to come in there and just grind them to dust. And I, <laughs> like, I, I saw the, in fact, I think I maybe pasted one into the group chat that I saw where a USF fan is like, oh, we get kind of saying all the same stuff you're talking about. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? And then I looked at the line and I was really surprised that the line was, at that time, 11 and a half. I was like, there is no way. Even, I don't care if they're playing at home and it's humid where they're at. I don't care. I don't care who you play. Uh, no, no. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right. So they don't have a chance to beat. No, they don't. Do they you, have a, do they have a chance to minus any number smaller than 20. <laughs> okay. All right. Check. Just making sure. All right. Uh, we got two more real quick. I'm going to bring this one back to you, Eric. Uh, Coastal Carolina. They are at home against Army. Coastal minus five to start. That's what it opened up at. It's shrunk a little bit down to currently it's minus two. So you've missed on Army on some totals in the past. I mean, what what are we looking like here? Are you still pissing Teal this year or what? Uh, they lost a lot, man. I don't. So the thing with Coastal is if you're going to pick one team on their schedule who is most likely to to line up and stop their offense, it's Army. You kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Coastal Carolina's offense is basically the triple option. They just run it out of pistol sets and they incorporate some more throws to the outside and down the field. But at the heart of it is based all in the same principles as like the wing T and triple option. All right. What does Army run? What do they practice? What does their defense practice against every single day? <laughs> the triple option, right? They're, yeah. They are the least likely team to line up and get fooled by the motion and the misdirection. They have enough repetition and discipline in that where I think they maybe are the best equipped team on Coastal schedule to slow them down. Uh, so uh, the, the, the total, obviously, I would not touch. Uh, an army total in the fifties. <laughs> Too scared, gunshot. Uh, but but I would I would take coastal to cover and lay those points because they are at home. Oh man, Mm-mm-mm. I like that. All right, so one that I found interesting, Eric, and you kind of uh, I, I put this in the group chat, and you kind of were in favor. You were on the other side of it than I am. South Carolina is at home, and they are minus twelve and a half against Georgia State now. I will concede that two years ago, Georgia State beat Tennessee, and last year they almost beat Auburn. Yeah, they were a bad call against beating Auburn in Jordan-Hare last year. Yeah. So, I mean, 12 and a half, Timmy, I mean, these are your boys. Like, what? I mean, is Spencer Rattler going to sling the ball all over Georgia State, or am I crazy? Uh, No, Georgia, or uh, sorry, South Carolina is going to beat the brakes off them boys. I don't know. (laughs) I don't see it any other way. They're they're much improved from last year, and you know I think they could have probably hung with them last year. To be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. damn. Well, I don't know if I agree that they beat the brakes off of them, but uh, I do like South Carolina there, man. I just think there's a lot of I think that place is going to be rocking. They got the new lights, sandstorm. It's going to be going nuts. I like it. I think they uh, come out take care of business. Now, speaking of bad calls. <laughs> Speaking of bad calls, Eric, this is the last one I'm going to throw at you before we leave. Memphis on the road at Leach. I mean, speaking of grudge, oh, God. I mean, you guys remember the Mississippi State loss at Memphis last year on that shit referee call on that punt. Oh, man. Mississippi State at home minus 16. Eric, does Leach have any chance to cover that? Probably, you know, just because it's Memphis. I don't know how good Memphis is going to be. It really, I think them covering that is going to depend on can Mississippi State tackle anyone? Can they stop anyone? Which is kind of the key to their whole season, every season. So I I didn't even write that down as a, as one to look at and follow. Uh, like that, that one was never a consideration for me. But yeah, Leach is definitely on the list of like, hey, I caught a bad beat against you last year and now, now you're going to pay for it. So yeah, he's another guy. He gets the chance. You know, he, he's, he'll be up 32 and be like, mm, yep, still chucking it. You know, tough shit. All right. Well, both of you get to pick this one. Gun to your head. Okay. Last pick. If you remember last year, Washington opened as a big favorite against Montana. Under. Under. And, and choked it off. Okay. Montana or uh, Washington is at home. Minus 23 against Kent State. No. Nope. Gun, gun to your head. Are you taking the points with Kent State? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> what are you doing, Eric? Are you take are you riding Kent State? Yeah, I, I would probably take the points just because, like I said earlier, I don't I don't like the huge spreads early in the season. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement. I like that, and uh, also I love Western Kentucky minus 16 down at Hawaii. I think Western Kentucky just blows them out. I think it's a beatdown. So. I don't know. That may be one I'd lay some fucking money on. I mean, it, it opened at 10 and a half. It's all the way up to 16. <laughs> so I, I think that's a beat down. Yeah. People but, are like, uh, Vandy did what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
All right. So before we go, do you guys well, have- hold hold the phone a minute here? You you get to do one. Oh, okay. All right. Throw so, it at me. So the one that that I kind of liked because I'm a big proponent of the large spread in the early part of the season, unlike Eric. Are you um, going to throw Kansas at me right now? No, because- not Kansas. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna stay in the Big Twelve, and I okay. want to get your thoughts on. UTEP plus 31 against Oklahoma, considering oh. how many times Oklahoma had a big spread last year that they failed to cover against teams they should have beat. What are you, what are you thinking about that action this week? Oh, man, UTEP. I would have to lay the points with Oklahoma there. I think UTEP's not very good. Could be. I think it'll be a blowout. Uh, just, I think Oklahoma could run the ball every play and beat them by forty. Honestly, I, I just don't wow. think. Wow. I don't think UTEP is very good at all. I mean, what they went, I think they went five and seven a year ago or something like that. But either way, I think Oklahoma just bow races them. I think it's a tune-up game. You know, I, I don't think there'll be much to make of there. I think thirty. I mean, it opened at thirty-two and a half. It has closed to thirty-one. But if I was going to project this game, I would give them I, – I would project like 35. I mean, honestly, I think Oklahoma beats the shit out of them. So the only other notable like team in Texas that I'm interested in is UTSA. They are at home against Houston. Houston, you know, I mean, Dana Holgerson, minus four and a half. Houston probably, you know, going to be that Cincinnati-ish type team that's trying to break into the playoff conversation this year. I, I think that's a really interesting game. And UTSA, what they win, like 11 games last year, Eric? Is that right? Uh, I think they won 10. I think they lost to Western Kentucky in the regular season and the conference championship game. But they were – I don't know about UTSA because they lost their offensive coordinator who went to they, Illinois. Yeah, they did. So we'll see. I, I think Houston's going to be a, a good team. If I had to pick a group of five team to – you know who? Which group of five team is the most likely to crash the playoff again? A la Cincinnati. I think I would be down to Houston and App State. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent there. So, all right. Well, either one of you guys got any takes or anything like that before we get out of here? Because uh, I can just go ahead and tell you, Liberty is going to cover minus three and a half on the road at Southern Miss. So, uh, outside of that, anything before we go? Roll humps. They got Citadel this week at home. Yeah. Oh shit! All right, what, I gotta get on some uh, some offshore betting and find out what the line is for that. that that'll be interesting. But uh, all right, well, in the meantime, I know this was a long one, and we appreciate you so much for sticking with us. Uh, next week, I don't think it's as loaded of a slate, boys. So should be able to get out of here relatively quick next week. But uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow him at Eric Mulhair. And you can follow Timmy at SE underscore Timmy Poe. And uh, we will be back with you to recap this huge week one. And uh, we'll catch you with our week two bets next week. So until then, see you later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.